You're listening to a DM podcast. Hey, we are back in the football shed, the podcast for football fans that live in the wrong time zone. My name's John Hewitt, and Jeff King is here. This is a DM podcast. That's the bit they do before. <laughs> you don't have to do that. It's, it's good though, isn't it? It's, good. it's all fresh. Yeah. They do this recorded. Yeah. Um, Roger Gibbs is here. Hello. Hi, Rog. How Hi. was your holiday? Yeah, good. I haven't got a jingle. Oh, you should get a jingle. Use mine, it's good. This is a DM podcast. It sounds remarkably similar to the Nations League. <laughs> yeah, you got your one tone. That's where their inspiration was. Uh, yeah, holiday was good, John. It uh, feels like a long time since uh, we talked about football on I know a normal we've only actually had day. one in-person shed since lockdown because you went on holiday straight away. Like yeah. Jeff and I did uh, international special One Beer Wonder, which was that was good. Which I enjoyed. Yeah, but uh, you kind of should have been there to get in the debate, Rog. I know. Plenty of time. Maybe. Um, Rog, did you bring a disgusting beer with you to drink? Uh, yeah, I did. I got some uh, Tallboy Moose, my local brewery, mani, uh, mani, mani, West Coast mani, IPA, mani, mani, called mani, Hollywood Homeboy. Mani, Very tasty. Mani, mani. <laughs> what did you bring, Jack? <laughs> um, <laughs> a Moondog. A Moondog. Moondog. I, um, I bought Audi Red Wine, which I always do. It's the worst weather for red wine. Yeah. Like, God. Like, uh, do you put ice with it? No, it's just going room temperature, which room temperature right now is 30 degrees. So it's... Uh, That's a little bit gross. Sweaty. Yeah. I'm going to be mm. sweaty. I think you need a summer option. Sangria? Do you know what's good? Red, no, red wine and Coke. Yeah, you do like red wine and Coke. That's a good option. Every week we start with a question, but before we do that, if you want to get involved in the Football Shed community, head to our Facebook group, Shedders and Volleys, um, where you can talk nonsense about football and mainly bully Rog. Um, because you're not online, so that's quite fun. Well, that's not very nice. No, it's great. It's great. You One day in your life, you're going to have to log on to a social media. I've had a MySpace. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that counts, that counts. Um, but yeah, it's been really good. And you can get involved, you can give us ideas for One Beer Wonders and talk shit about it. Am I one of your top friends on your MySpace? And Tom. <laughs> is it still Tom? Um... <laughs> I don't know if it was a real MySpace. I think I just used it to listen to music. So I don't even know if I had like a picture. I had my name. Yeah, I think it was just an account. But oh, God. That still counts though, right? Yeah, it still accounts. Yeah. Um, if you're more like Rog though, you can send an email to footballshedpodcast at gmail. What about a letter? <laughs> um, you can send a letter, everyone, to the shed at Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> it will find us, don't worry. Um, this week's question actually refers back to last week's international one beer wonder that Jeff and I did. Can you name which country Wilfred Zaha plays for and <laughs> oh, was yeah, born here in? Here we go. Here we go. Is this really the question? This is really the question. I know the answer to this question. What is the answer? The answer is Ivory Coast. That's right, and I got it wrong last <laughs> week. So I feel like I needed to. Well, Phil and Get Paul on chest. Facebook. Did say, uh, John, it's not Nigeria. Fact check. Fact check. So uh, we like to be fact checked. We like to be told when we get it wrong, and we got it wrong. So I'm not sorry. Not too but... much though, because we get it wrong quite a lot. So you know, not. No, don't want to know every time we get it wrong. But that's quite a glaring error. So sorry, Wilf Saha. Sorry, Wilf. Sorry, Soz Wilf. Um, we did. I. I mean, my opinion took quite a kicking last week, John. So I think your your misjudgment of Wilf Zaha's um, ethnicity is is probably just slim. Well, my yeah. my favourite part of it was that I when I read this before listening to the podcast, I immediately assumed it was Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> well yes. known for his sweeping statements, yes, where the game. fact can uh, just go out the window. Go out the window. Um, right. Let's move on to the football. So. I want to look at the top two first, I reckon. We haven't spoken about Liverpool or Spurs. Spurs we have spoken about, but Liverpool we haven't spoken a huge amount about this season. Um, but they both look really good. And I think it's time that we have to consider Spurs title contenders. Oh, here we go. Go on. Uh, here we go. I kind of want you to talk about... I know you're asking us, but I would actually like to hear your thoughts on this because of the three of us, you are probably the most... Anti Jose, understandably, given you're still scarred from your Man yes. United experience with Jose. But what do you think? I think they're playing really well, and I think that they have a formation and a setup that is perfect for a Jose team. Every player is six foot plus. They have Harry Kane and Son in the form of their life. And Son's first goal, where Harry Kane just runs towards the play, they kick it over the top. It's really fucking simple. 
but geez, it works. And they just keep doing it. And every team hasn't worked it out yet. Jose Mourinho could not get away with playing at home to Man City in front of 65,000 people with 35% possession. But there's no one there. I was saying that two weeks ago. It's like he is the manager who is making the most of not having anyone judge him in person. If he played that way for Man United when we had a full crowd, we would have shouted attack, attack, attack. And everyone would just be like, this is awful. And this is depressing. But what I think Jose's done is he's timed it perfectly because it's locked down and there's no one at the stadiums. Um, it's also what he does, though. So he would do that whatever. If there was a crowd there, he would still park the bus. But there would be... What I think is the big thing about it is the players are beginning to believe in Jose. So what have never happened at Man United, no one went, oh, yeah, he's got this. Because the crowd was a bit restless and everyone's a bit like, oh, I don't like this, don't like that. Everyone right now in that Spurs dressing room goes, he knows what he's talking about. And I guarantee he was in that dressing room going, we're going to beat Man City 2-0. And then when they beat Man City 2-0, he goes, look at me. And they are all dying for him. And he's just got that whole dressing room on board because he hasn't had the pressure of the fans going, you need to play more attacking football. So you think that's just on the fans? That's really, I, I, I mean, think, it's really interesting because I, I agree with you in that I think that is possibly the single biggest thing that has changed this year that we haven't seen with Jose for a number of years since his last spell at Chelsea, really before that went sour, in that he's got the players. And when Mm. I think of Jose's successful teams, that was one of the biggest things. His players would die for him and they believed in the way that he would go and win games. might not be pretty, but they believed in it. He lost that. I think, um, and particularly at Man United, but it's interesting you say it's because of the fans, but I, I mean, we've talked about it a bit. He's got a bit of that spark back. So whether it's, you know, the the players believing in him has given him that bit of the spark back or whether he, for whatever reason, got that from somewhere. I, I, I don't know, I but just, I think that is the, the difference is Jose is a little bit different in himself. I think, but also, I think if you're a Spurs player, if you're Harry Kane, Son or whoever, um, and you're playing in at home and you're happy to have 30% possession, you know that there's going to be people in the crowd that are a bit discontent and your family will be there and people will be shouting. Whereas every game right now is a training game. Every game is no crowd. You've just got to go and fulfil what your plan is and do it. And they're doing it and it's winning. And what happens when you keep doing it and you keep seeing that the manager's getting it right, well, we're just going to keep doing this. Yeah, okay. I'll disagree with you completely. Uh, um, <laughs> well, not, not completely. I agree, I agree with the fans. I think that point is well made, well thought through. Yeah. You're right. He is afforded more time because no one's on his back and, he, and because of that, the team are more um, unified and they're not rogue. What happens usually is that a player goes rogue because he gives into the pressure of the mm. crowd and then suddenly the system breaks down. I get that. That's all real. But this game, this this is, this is this game I think was horrible. Uh, the I've, I've seen after this game the same amount of love that you're both showing Spurs but this could have been so different, so, so different. And if it was so different, if Man City would have scored one of their 17 chances or whatever, we would have been looking at this going, Mourinho, you literally set up to absorb one of the best attacking sides in the league. And you you were hoping that when you released the ball, you, you had you had someone in form. As it, as it happened, that's what happened. I'm not, you know, yeah. that was his plan and his plan worked. I get that. However, I mean, when you look at the way he's played against Manchester City, the last three games... Add them all together. The last three games he's got yeah, against Man City. I've, I've seen this. I know where you go. City have had seventy-one shots. Spurs have had ten in the last three games. City have scored only two goals. Spurs scored six. Well, it doesn't matter, then, does it? You win. Well, yeah, but does it matter? Because that you can't live like that forever. Well, well but here's the thing. Well, I think Jose's shown that he can have success with being the ultimate pragmatist. But I think here's the thing: if you play that way and you're getting results. Nobody cares. I think even if the fans were there, nobody cares because you're winning. There's success. However, you get much less grace where if you are playing ugly and you're not getting results, people were quickly on your back because it's fucking ugly. So nobody wants to watch it. So why play ugly and not get results? Getting results, fine. You can get a bit of that. And I think that's key. So I think if, if things go a bit wrong, it could very quickly turn still and I, and I actually think I think Spurs they're playing well I don't think we should discount them but I think more from top four I don't think they'll win the league mm. I don't think we should write them off but we'll, we'll go on to Liverpool Liverpool have had their injury concerns yeah. Harry Kane gets injured every year yes Spurs yes. are a Harry Kane injury away 
from being a significantly poorer team. Like he is so important to mm. what they do. Like the um, and Dombele's improved. Ball over the top, brilliant for Sun's first goal. Yeah. Loved it. But Harry Kane's little run it makes to, it. To, to take the defenders away yeah. absolutely makes that. And then we've been talking about his you know passes and playing ten role. And I just feel you remove him from that team at the moment, and those little the bits that are winning them the games goes yeah i agree oh it's those little bits of magic and pulling pulling teams apart you're absolutely right and when you rely on that you know it's it's you're relying you're relying a hell of a lot on one way to score Mm. yeah no i think you're right and they have brought in a backup striker this year so hopefully they've got some kind of alternative if it goes wrong but i do think i wanted to bring up eric dyer because eric dyer has been a bit crap for two or three years and then when if anyone's watched the amazon documentary Jose Mourinho comes in and goes, oh, I really like Eric Dyer just because he sticks his boot in and he gets involved. And he's, he's a Jose a, player. He's a Jose player. <laughs> yeah. And he's playing every week at centre-back and he's playing brilliantly. And I think it's taken Jose a little while to get everyone on board. But there is a... You, you can look at that Spurs team and you go, they suddenly all believe in it. They suddenly all go, hang on a sec, this is something special. And I think Eric Dyer is the perfect example of that. Um, and Deli Ali as an opposite, is the perfect example of you've not lived up to the expectations here, you're out, see you later, don't yeah. care. And Eric Dyer looks like a great centre-back. Do you know the other one that I think is really important to the way they're playing is Reguillon. Yeah, the left-back. Yeah. He was the best left-back in the Liga last year. Mm. So he was on loan at Sevilla and made the team of the season. Spurs have signed him on loan with an option to buy is that right yeah I think so right, but I think it's like 28 mil or something there are quite a few teams that need a left back Man United being one desperately yeah. needed a left back mm. you could say that Man City needed a left back there aren't that many teams in the league that have a good left back you, Jeff Everton one Everton, of the teams yeah. that do uh, but I just thought I found that a bit weird. Like, why wasn't why weren't more people in? For people him, were his... in for him, but um, I think people weren't willing to go. Well, yeah, we'll pay thirty mil. And I think what Jose has got this time is Daniel Levy's gone. Right, let's dive in and yeah. let's just go all in. And if Spurs win the league this year, then Jose's going to go down as one of the greatest managers ever. And yeah, that... three teams would be pretty amazing. Let's I, don't, I, don't, I don't think anyone's going to win the league this year. Is it all going to get cancelled? Well, no, I just think that everyone's going to win the league and no one's going to win the league. It's just nonsense. <laughs> this, this year is just fucking nonsense. Every week is a different person. Before we move off this game, can I have a, can I whinge about um, oh, Kevin, was, Kevin De Bruyne? I was going to go to Man City, yeah. What do you want to say about Kevin De Bruyne? Like, so obviously, he gave an interview after the game, right? You, you saw the the penalty decision, right? The, the, yeah. No, sorry, the handball. The handball. Jesus, the, the handball dis, disallowed goal. The, yes. The, I mean, do you think that was a handball? Uh, yes. John said yes. Now, I've watched... I've just taken John's word on this, I must admit, but I watched it seven times initially. Yeah. Like, literally, I went forward, back, forward, back, yeah. and I'm like, I can't see a handball. I, but my, it's one where I've assumed because they've given it, there must it's be a handball. handball. So it's just a handball. It is a handball. And for my, the reason I think it's a handball, when you watch it, it live, hits it, hits his, it hits his arm, <laughs> but the ball deviates direction. And yeah. there, there is no yeah. way... Scoops it with the, the yeah, inside of his arm. There's no way yeah. the ball goes from where it went to where it ends up without it hitting his yeah, it's like two, two sides of a prism it's, yeah. it's, it's a handball how, what, how does it relate to De Bruyne because I listened to Kevin De Bruyne De, De Bruyne <laughs> is that how you say it how do you say it how do you, how do you actually say it you can say it however you like KDB yo yeah. uh, so I was listening to, to Big Kev Kevo um, after the game and he was saying did you, did you see this interview he's just going oh if that's a handball, I don't know. He goes, I've been playing professional football for nine years. I just, uh, there were no rule changes. And now the last three years, the rules have changed every year. Just don't know the rules anymore. I'm listening to that. I'm like, well, Kev, mate, that's your problem. <laughs> You'll tell you what you should do. You should learn the rules. You're like, if the rules have changed, I'd, I'd get a book. I'd, you know, that's, that's the equivalent of, of... Or you've probably got coaches whose job that is. Who's that Spurs manager who didn't read a book? What's his name? Tim Sherwood. Tim Sherwood. That's the equivalent comment. He's like, oh, I'm, a, I'm a smart guy. I've not even read a book. Yeah. Kevin De Bruyne, you're one of the best footballers in the world. Just fucking keep up, mate. <laughs> it's a handball. I think there's a bit of frustration there, obviously. And he, should, he didn't need to handball it. He, yes. had, he had time to, to test it down. Yeah, there. it was a real slow ball into him, actually. Yeah, yeah you're, you're right. He had time and space. And it was a good finish. It's a shame. And if that would have gone in, Mourinho would have been slated for, his, for his, the way he set his team up. Yeah, no, it's true. That's what I I mean. It's so close. The margins are so close between Mourinho being a genius and being anti-football. And when he becomes anti-football, he is disgusting. No, I completely agree. As soon as the results dry up... It all goes wrong. Yeah, it all goes wrong. Um, On Man City, do you reckon they can miss out on top four? 
Jeez. No? No. Well, I think they're still the... They're sat in 13th. I think they're still the second best team in the... I, I agree. I still think they're the second best team in the league. But they're sat in 13th. They're not scoring goals. They look a bit stale. Why didn't they sign a striker? Well, I don't know why they didn't sign a striker. You don't. You can say it out loud if you want, right? Yeah, just, <laughs> hey, bizarre. Um, but uh, I just feel like they maybe they're in a bit of a sticky spot. And Pep signed his new contract, but maybe that's just to get hold of Messi. And I, I just feel like they could have a bit of a nothing. Did we year. talk? I need to ask a question here. Did we? Uh, now I do this a lot in my general life, so yeah. I must apologise. And my poor wife has to put up with this a lot. Where. I'm sometimes not sure whether I've just been thinking about something. Or whether you've said it. Or whether I've said it and it's actually been a conversation. Go on then, Roger. On the last shed, did we talk about Pep signing his contract and what that meant for the league? No. No. It hadn't happened then. That was in your head. Yeah, That was in my head. So I I, I (laughs) thought about this quite a lot. No, I think we spoke about it at the weekend whilst having a beer. Ah, there you go. So it has happened. (laughs) And it wasn't a fun conversation. No, there you go. (laughs) I mean, I just, I was was quite excited about it um, in a way, because it's kind of the first time that Pep's going to go again after his like Mm. three year, um, everything goes a bit wrong now, everyone's a bit sick of you, maybe he's a bit sick of everyone and he goes away. They've given him a two-year contract um, and essentially said, you know, build us another... T- no team had... He could argue that... I mean, they haven't won the Champions League, so I think that's still mm. a bit of a bugbear. But nobody had retained the Premier League for a long time. Yeah. Since Fergie? Yeah. Since Fergie. Um, that was a big deal, right? You know, man, we talked about the Man City machine. That was pretty good. And then he'd been challenged by Liverpool. And I think if Liverpool wouldn't have challenged him, I think he would be going. But the fact that somebody's come with a different way of playing and challenged Pep has probably irked him a bit to the point where he's gone, well, Hang on. Hold, hold on. How can yeah. I do? And, I, and I actually think it's going to be good for the Premier League because, it, you know, he is feeling challenged and he's one of the best managers of all time. So you hope that, and he's, you know he's going to get money. So I sort of I feel like it, it 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 could create a new dynamic in the Premier League just by him signing a new deal. I know it's weird because it's like continuity and he's staying, but I think it's significant, and I'm actually quite excited to see how yeah, it turns it's, up. It's good for everybody because um, they will he won't have signed unless they guaranteed that they would back him to build a new side. Mm. He's got an aging side, an aging centre forward. His side are slower and less sharp than they were to be a Pep side, which means that there's a lot of areas that you need to replace to be the, as good as they were. And I'm not saying to, to win the league, but to get over 100 points, yeah. they need yeah. to refresh yeah, massively. The, the standards are so yeah. high. But that's good for everybody, because if they're willing to spend £40 million on Nathan Ake, you, Man City being in a in a mood to spend is good for the whole Premier League, yeah. because they're, they're talking about buying Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish isn't going to go for less than ninety million pounds to Manchester City. That is great for Aston Villa. Now you know what you know what I feel about selling your best players. That is great for Aston Villa. Aston yeah. Villa will improve as a football club in the long term if they get ninety million pounds for Jack Grealish. But mm. they'll probably turn around to Man City and go, "Well, I'll take a hundred, thanks," because you've guaranteed Pep you're going to spend money, and that will filter down through the Premier League and through the through the Championship, perhaps to the point where it's good for English football. So I, I, I'm, I was Do we want rejoicing Messi in the no. Premier League. I, I think an aging Messi in the Premier League will just be a real damp squid. Squib? Squib. 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 I always like say a, squib. a firework. Yeah. Most squids are damp. Yes. They're living in the it sea. Um, I kind of agree. Like, and it, he's not, it's still probably going to be quite good, but he's certainly not his peak. So, you know, do you, do you want a 34-year-old past his peak coming to the Premier League? No, I know, because well, you expect him to be 27-year-old Messi who's yeah. going to be brilliant, and then actually he can't, hasn't got the energy and he hasn't got the legs anymore, and he's just going to stand up front. But what and- if he's, he's Pirlo? What if he's more Pirlo than Ronaldo? Yeah, but he's he's, he's not. He or he no, went from out he went from the outside to the inside. He didn't go from front to back. Yeah. So, on, so, on that, sorry, on uh, on Shedders and Volleys, the Facebook group, uh, Dom posted about uh, a one beer wonder that we're going to have to have some time about the goat, the greatest of all time, and it all kind of went off online, and everyone has different opinions, but. Zidane yeah, will Z- win. Zidane. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, well, that's it. One beer wonder yeah, finish. Um, so. 
you know, I don't. I agree, I agree with you. I'm not. You know, it will be a spectacle. Dan? No, no, no. <laughs> Ob- obviously not. <laughs> Kill Ban. <laughs> obviously, it's Thomas Gravison. Uh, anyway, um, oh, do you know, sorry. I got, sorry. Uh, last week on the the game, yeah, yeah, yeah. I won with uh, Gravison and and Lee, Carsley, then yeah. Lee Carsley, the yeah. two Boldies. Yeah. Now I looked for a picture of those two to send to you guys today when we were trying to remember who won, yeah. and I typed in. Lee Carsley to Google and the next thing that comes up like automatically in the Google search is Real Madrid. What? what? Because so many... people get confused. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so good. That's like that's bizarre. Yeah, yeah, I mean I don't I don't really it'll be a spectacle having Messi there if he comes, but really, like, do Man City need a slow midfielder? They got rid of um David Silver. Like yeah. Well, I'm not saying that David. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. like for footballing reasons, I, it's not the right move. If, if it was like WWE, yeah, it's like having the Undertaker do a comeback. I think it's great. Yeah. It's, in, it's entertaining, but for footballing reasons, I'm not sure that's going to put him on 100 points again. Let's move on to Liverpool, um, who beat Leicester three um, nil in a game that I think I could confidently say I thought Leicester were going to either get a result or do something against them, um, and Liverpool looked bloody brilliant. And of missing seven or eight players, have we underrated Liverpool? Stop whinging, Jurgen. Just stop whinging. You, you, mm-hmm. you have a great squad. With, like football in Liverpool, he hasn't whinged that much, has he? Yeah, he does. Every week he's whinging about, about as an Everton fan about yeah. fixtures. Yeah, a bit of Everton fan. No, 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 I want to talk about no, 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 because because Liverpool were excellent in this game. Excellent. Yeah. I would say that from what I've watched Liverpool this year, it's probably my favourite Liverpool performance. They're brilliant. Yeah. I'm not saying it was their best. I've not analysed all of their games the way the way, I, but I'm saying it's my favourite one that I've watched. Mm. And they've done it with, as you say, seven first-team players out injured. Yeah. That is because the players that come in or the players that move uh, positions on the park know exactly the jobs they're going to do, which means that Jurgen Klopp is an excellent coach. Their youth team uh, is coached the way the first team plays, mm. which means that you can you can progress. So why I'm saying stop winding, it's like you have this amazing juggernaut so 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 every week uh, when I when I hear another complaint about injuries and fixture lists, I'm like, actually, Jurgen, you've got this pretty sweet. But or, Jeff, Fergie did that for twenty years. I was going to say it's perfect deflection, isn't it? Like that's, that's so just, he's taken all he's taken all the heat off that team and gone like Curtis Jones, you're going to start, and Jota, you're going to start, and, Jota signing of the season. Oh yeah, he's been amazing, and um, Milner, you're going to play. Four hundred years old, and, it's and two good. positions during the game because yeah. it wouldn't be a Liverpool game. James Milner plays if you don't play at least two positions. And but all we talked about was him whinging. Where and we all kind of went. I, I personally was just like, I think Leicester are going to do it. I think they're going to get a win. They look brilliant. Liverpool smashed them. Yeah, absolutely yeah, destroyed. Well, because because Leicester have injuries too. Like the, the, yeah. no one lives in a bubble here. The, yeah. the whole footballing world is going through the same crisis. But I do think we should talk about the fact that Liverpool did play very well. And something you said Excellent. there yeah. is, is the is the thing for me is that you know, and I've been thinking about it a bit. I've been thinking about coaches and managers a bit recently because we've got some new high profile coaches. We've mm. talked about Lampard a bit. We've talked about Solskjaer. We talked about Mourinho, but. For me, still, like the acid test of a coach is not just about the way they play. Do they make their players better? Mm. And I look at that Liverpool side and, like, to a man, Klopp has made those players better. Yeah. Which just... And I and I think you just have to go, that is clearly the work of a very, very good football coach. And we talk about Jota. Like, we thought Jota was good at Wolves. But not, like, but brilliant. not well-beater. Whereas now... And the thing for me about Jota, I never realised his movement was so good. Yeah. Whereas he's come into that front three where we know, like, their, you know, their fluidity and their movement, their interchange between the three of them is what makes them so dangerous. And he's just... And you cannot, I don't think we should underestimate like how difficult it is to just come and slot into that mm. and, and do what he's done, which is basically be like you take one of those front three out and it doesn't really matter because Jota's got the same yeah. movement and these little runs that he's making. And, you can't drop him now. Yeah, how how can you drop him? I mean, I, I just but I just looked at that and he, that's, to me, the single biggest thing. You took the players out, they still played the, the, the Liverpool way, the Klopp way. I thought it's interesting... The, the, the goal where they had 31 passes or whatever, yeah. which is the most passes leading to a Liverpool goal for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah, the, yeah. the exact stat, but it was quite an un Liverpool goal. And that's, I think, the slight shift that they're trying to introduce this year, which is why they signed Thiago, mm. um, because he gives them the ability to, to control the to, pace to of the game. The pace of the well, you, you saw that what they were doing in that 
in that build-up, it was just patience. It was patience personified, patience and confidence on the ball. And they weren't trying to penetrate. They were waiting for the one moment that a Leicester player committed. Yeah, and you and you saw it just went went left to right, Great left pass. to right, left to right, left to right. Played the first pass, and, yeah. and then but the, what was it? Robertson on the on yeah, the, on the, the left cross. But it was the moment everything changed and the pace changed. You can see it was casual football, relaxed football, keeping possession until that one moment where who who is it that went in with a foot on on Robertson and he shimmied around the, the right, left that, That's it, and it, that was the one mistake in that. That's so it. Liverpool that's, that's just passed the ball, yeah. Yeah. and then there was, and, but it wasn't. I wouldn't say it was even a mistake. It was actually the brilliance of the pass from Curtis Jones yeah. where it was so good that the defender thinks he's got a chance to get it can't quite so it cuts him out of the game Robertson's and it's, and it's him like game chest. as soon yeah. as that one player is cut out of the game suddenly Liverpool were on the front foot and they yeah. all pushed forward one cross in header goal yeah. and like all they were doing is waiting for that one moment where Leicester committed and Leicester waited 30 passes to commit and they thought they had a moment had, had you're right they were tempted into that moment and then suddenly, boof, change of pace. It was excellent to they, watch. They were brilliant. And I think uh, Dirk, friend of the pod, um, goes on about how good Klopp is at bringing players in and then just bringing them up so quickly to the level of Liverpool. And he texted me as soon as Jota was signed. It was just like, he'll be brilliant for us for three years. We'll sell him for £100 million in three years' time and it'll be crap somewhere else. And I do think that players come into Liverpool and play above the level that they're at. Like, Robertson is a good left-back. But I reckon if he played for, he wasn't like that at Hull. Yeah. Well, I, no, no, he was. I. It was good. I, I agree. He was, he was very. It was. He had an eight million pound release clause at the time. I thought it was absolutely bizarre that nobody was in for him but because also, he was really good left. And but also Liverpool with their recruitment, no one was fighting for Jota. No one was no, fighting right. for Mane. No one was fighting for mm. Robertson. They just come in and go. Oh yeah, we need that. Well, guy. we talked about this as two windows ahead. Yeah, which is why now all these things are the reason why I've said from the start of the year I think Liverpool is still the team to beat and why I think they'll win the league for all these reasons we've just talked about in that they're they're in the best position to do it. You know, you're saying Jeffrey mm. Klopp shouldn't winch. You know, they've got yes they've had a lot and they're going through their spell now where they've got all the injuries mm. and they're still top. That's it. Like yeah. I, you know, I and I just I still think there is also an untangible element to this which we probably said about all the best teams said it about United they win they find a way they did it heaps last year and I already feel like they're doing it this year they'll find a way to win and I still I think this season will be close because it's such a bizarre season but I for me they're still you know a level above everyone else yeah far and away better than anyone else I have a bit of a random question moving on to a few different teams maybe the Leeds and Arsenal game but um is the question is is Bielsa ball overrated now the reason I say that is because everyone's talked about Bielsa and how good he is and he's coming at Leeds the biggest disciples of Bielsa in the Premier League are Pep and Arteta and in 12th 13th and 14th is Arsenal Man City and Leeds (laughs) so and like we've talked about the Jose Klopp's a big Bielsa fan as well yeah yeah, he's a big but you would say they're disciples of him like yeah, Pep yeah, went yeah. and followed him to South America and went what do you, how do you do these things and Arteta was very quick to follow um, Pep to Man City do you, and we've talked about Jose's kind of way working in this Covid lockdown scenario no fans and I absolutely love watching Leeds and I thought they were great against Arsenal and they were unlucky to not get a, more than a point but maybe it's not as good as we think it is. Maybe it's just nice to watch, but it doesn't get you results. I'm going to completely disagree with you. Okay. And I'm actually going to say I completely agree with Jeff on this. Oh, which is controversial. Yeah, massively. But Jeff, you (laughs) brought this up a few times, which is essentially Leeds can play as good as they like. Um, they've got you know they're playing in the in the Bielsa mold and and mm. that's that's great and they're going to be in games because of that. However, what has let them down this season and what let them down in this game was the average quality of their players. In the in the final decision, their ability is still their ability and it lets them down. And this is essentially a Championship squad mm. playing in the Premier League that is elevated by their coach. Their squad's 50 million. Their whole squad 48.3 yeah. million. One Diego Jota. Like yeah. you know this yeah. is this is we shouldn't we shouldn't doubt that. Like they this is yes they spend a bit of money in the championship but, but everyone fears them. This is this yeah. is a this is a championship team and I, and I think you know we talked about it with Bamford that 
they should have won this game. Well, mm. okay, I'm I'm going to argue with that. So I not I'm going to not going to argue with the point that you agreed of me because I uh, you know I think I think you're spot on. <laughs> you, you think Arsenal I am, were okay I am in this right. game, though, don't you? I think that Arsenal had the best two chances. Even though Leeds hit the post three times, I think Arsenal carved out two chances that were better than any of the Leeds chances that I saw. And one fell to... Um, Saka? Saka. Yes. Uh, and, and another fell to a Bemiang. Yeah. Um, and I think both of those, the way the, the, way the counter had, had played out, both of those, I would say, are a higher percentage, more clear-cut than any of the shots that hit the post from Leeds United. And, and, and because of that... You know, Arsenal get nil nil. Great, right? So Arteta has has done a good job with his defence. Mm. You would say that, and you'd say that if we were going to talk at the beginning of the year or beginning of the season, the place that needed the most attention for Arsenal was the defence. He's he's. I'm not going to say he's achieved that, but he has obviously improved that. Yes, Leeds hit the post three times. I get that. We'll take that as a caveat. But Arsenal have improved their defence. Has he made any individual players better, though? I would argue. Well, no. on, well I want to bring up... Um, so, Kian on uh, our Facebook group um, was saying that we've been a bit harsh on Arsenal and Arteta. So, I want to see what we respond. But he basically said, I think you're especially critical of uh, Mikel Arteta and their ego Arsenal. Ergo. I never write ergo before. Good wordy, Kian. Um, I think when calling a manager dull in his first full season is a bit overly harsh. A cursory look over manage- previous managers who've gone on to be successful, most of them have similar stats, with the exception of Mourinho. Um, if we can beat Leeds, that was before this game, that's a huge victory, and we've beaten Man United, and we're unlucky against Villa. So winning ugly and boring is what we re- need right now. So is that what Arsenal need right now? But they could have. This game could have been an ugly, boring win. Because as I said, I genuinely think that the, the chances Arsenal created were better than the chances Leeds created. I think the jury's out, and mm. I, and I don't necessarily advocate um, changing the manager. Mm. I mean, I think I agree with Kian's point there in that it is early days, and I mean, I, I think all managers should get more time. But I do think this, you know, Arteta, with particularly where Arsenal are at, which is Arsenal are in transition. So if you're a team in transition, give a young manager with potential a chance and see where you go. However, for me, my personal opinion, I don't think it it is Arteta. I, I'm yet I, I'm yet to be convinced. And I thought it was the interesting thing for me in this game was we talked about them improving defensively, but being a bit dull and saying. Mm. And he actually changed it in this game in that he went to a four at the back. And put a Bemiang up front. And put a Bemiang up front, which I've been banging mm. on about for yeah. weeks. And he brought Willock in, yeah. which we've also talked about. So you'd argue that he's... Um, and then he shifted Willian to the left and played Pepe. Um, but, you know, trying to address the issues they've had around creativity. Um, but to me, it's still smacked of a team that and a coach that weren't quite sure, not quite sure on the best eleven not quite sure on their best formation or, or way to play and, and identity as a team. Yeah. Now, maybe you'll get the time to, to figure out what that is, but it, it, it's not there right now. I, I look at that team and it just seems... I, I, and I still... There were so many positive plaudits after the game and that's what we've... That's, that's what, what we I, get I frustrated. Say, so many people... I, was really, I think it's Danny Murphy yeah. just was sort of, um, you know, just... Or it might have been Garth Crooks. I, I can't remember, but it was basically just talking about how good Arteta was still, and I'm like, I'm not convinced. Yeah, I think what I think the thing that we find frustrating with Arteta and Arsenal is that the media has decided that Arteta's a great manager, and we just haven't seen the actuality of that happening. Yeah, and he's been there almost a year now, and in my personal opinion, he's too hands-on, he's too micromanagery, and he doesn't let players. And you feel like it's getting stifled a bit and they're not having that creativity. I think it's going to be fascinating. They play Wolves this week, um, Arsenal at home. And Nuno at Wolves, we've talked about how they're not the most exciting team to watch, but they're very smart at what they do. I reckon Nuno knows exactly how to play against Arsenal. I don't know what that is, but Nuno will work it out and they will win because they will be able to go, we can pick this side off. And Arsenal might be there in a year or so, but I don't think they're there. They haven't got that smartness about them and the way they play to just go we're going to go and win this game it's just funny that Arsenal the football club is allowing Mikel Arteta to cut his teeth on their club because because I genuinely think he has, he has all the characteristics and talent to be a great coach but it will take time 
and Arsenal are allowing that to be their time and not Mikel's time. I, do, I think do that you, is something that is is interesting to me. Yeah, it's a really good point. And I do you think that is because of the amount of time that they gave Wenger and in the end, you know, he developed a new style at Arsenal. You know, so you've you've had a coach before I mean, I know there's been, been yeah, one in between, yeah, yeah. but, you know, who has been allowed to do that and, then, you know, kind of brought a completely unique way of, of playing to Arsenal. And it, you know, was, was that was Arsenal's style, was Wenger. And so they want to they want to try and achieve that again. So they're more likely to give someone more time. Do you think? But perhaps, but remember, Mikel Arteta knows that club through and through. He, yeah. he's, he was captain. Like, like he he represents that football club at a time where that football club was in a better position than it is right now. And and because of that, you know, you, you talk about expectations at Manchester United or, you know, um, you, you hear these, you hear Roy Keane be a pundit and say, oh, in my time, we just wouldn't have let that stand. Mikel knows what those standards are meant to be at Arsenal. I think that in itself will buy him some time. But what is it? Like, what, where, what is an, what is an acceptable, and I'd be interested, interested to hear from Arsenal fans, what is an acceptable position or result for Arsenal this year because to me I don't think they'll get top four but is no, that acceptable I think top six is acceptable I think Euro- a European place is acceptable but then I think there has to be the the, the progress happening and it's, it looks like the team is getting somewhere yeah. moving evolved there are teams further along their footballing journey than Arsenal who will beat them in the league this year but that doesn't mean that Arsenal's footballing journey is the wrong one to be on or the yeah. people in charge are not right. It's just whether Arsenal have the patience to allow this journey to develop. It looks like now they do. Because they wouldn't have given him the job. They wouldn't be so accepting of the kind of indifferent results. And he is slowly fixing the things that are gaping problems, starting mm. at the back and working forward. So look, I give the man some credit because I think his future is bright. He's not a great manager now. Just admit it. He's not. Yeah. I'm not saying you to admit it. Like the world needs to. He's not. But we are. We are watching his development, and it's just yes. how long will we to watch it? And, for? and I'm, I suppose all I'm saying is I'm still not sure. Yeah. Well, I'm, you don't I'm, have to. You don't have to because he's like no. it's, it's no. faith, yeah. blind faith that makes you yeah. sure of it. Um, let's move on to Chelsea. Someone who's. Uh, a team maybe that's longer, further along on their journey of a football team. But maybe Jeff. we didn't think they were. But no, well, I was going to say, do we need to give Frank more credit? They, like, they've they third, they're playing really well. And we did speak about this two weeks ago, and I remember speaking about this two weeks ago. You put the best defensive midfielder in defensive yeah. midfield, <laughs> your team gets better. Who knew? Who knew? Know, it's not genius. Efficient 2-0. And they have, they've only conceded one goal in something like 600 minutes of football. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Adding yeah. Mendy, adding Kante as defensive midfielder, changing go- yeah, goalkeeper. Mendy's geez, had that, a good um, shows what like how can you spend seventy million on a keeper and they're crap? Like, I just, well, they, they panicked. They lost Courtois at the end of the transfer window. They panicked. Yeah. yeah. But I think the other thing for me that I think shows now I don't think che- I also don't think Chelsea are going to win the league. But no I one's going to win the league. I, I do think that Frank does deserve. <laughs> Everyone's going to come second. Frank <laughs> Arsenal, who are going to come eighth, and Everton who come seventh. Frank does. Well, that's that's nailed on. Yeah. I think I think Frank does deserve a bit of credit. Yeah. But I, I also and I think the thing that bodes well for Chelsea in this game for me was John. We've been talking about this a bit, but um, uh, Rudiger hasn't been playing mm. now. He fell out with. Lampard, yeah. supposedly. And, you know, it was talk of him going on loan. I'm like, he's probably their best centre-back. Why are yeah. they going to send him out on loan? This is weird. Um, like, he starts for Germany. Um, he played in this game, came in and played really well. Um, and they've obviously got over whatever it was that had happened. Now, to me, that I mean, it's easier to solve those things when you're being successful as a team. Yeah. But I do think that bodes well for Chelsea. Whether it's him that's, you know... Um, come to a middle ground or whether it's Lampard the fact that they've done that I think shows that the, the team and the squad are in quite a good place and, and that bodes well for him because he's a good footballer well the th- thing is Lampard has always been a good man manager I say man manager he's always been a, a, a an approachable fella mm. do you know what I mean like I can't say he's a good <laughs> yeah. bad manager because he's got so little experience yeah. doing it yeah. but he's always been the kind of guy who can communicate up and down yeah. do you know what I mean he's, yeah. he's that kind of guy 
his problem was he was just a, a tactical moron, yeah. which which meant that, that that of course he can fix. Uh, still might be. Well, that's the thing. You see, he still might be. Yeah. Of course, he might just have a good defensive coach yeah. and a good goalkeeping coach. Who knows? But. Uh, you know he can he can fix a problem when he has a, a bad interchange with a with a with a player. Of course he can. That that is his gift. It's probably the, the the gift he brings. And if you surround yourself with good coaches, the best coaches in the world are not really coaches. They they are man managers and they're motivators and they have a backroom staff that that do the training sessions. Unless he, and if you, Jurgen Klopp, he does both. He's just yeah, but he also has has a team of coaches that he does who are very very good and have been with him for a long time. Exactly, it, exactly yeah, right. Yeah, you're right. It's, so, it's, and, it's a team. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And and you look at how many um yeah. So Alex Ferguson had so many assistant managers and and head coaches mm. and and the, the, you know Alex Ferguson would very there would be times where he, where he wouldn't be seen on the training pitch he'd be yeah. in his office he'd be doing his job just watch and the yeah. coaches would yes he would select the team yes he would judge the players but he wouldn't be coaching them. Yeah. The coaches would be coaching them. And, and Alex Ferguson used to replace his head coach all the time to get fresh ideas in because it wasn't him who was the coach. And the yeah. best coaches are like that. Frank Lampard, not saying the best coach, coaches of elite teams yeah. can be like that. Yeah. Sorry, the, the caveat there. But Frank Lampard has the ability to be that kind of guy. Yeah. What he doesn't have the ability to do right now is coach a West Brom to be a better football side. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. at the moment, uh, being Chelsea, third in the league, he's he's in the right and, spot. And winning keeping... two 0 with Werner having an absolute mare, who is very very good. Werner is amazing. I enjoy watching him, but he had a mare in this game. Yes. But he he, he I mean, a he, did, he still sit. played well, but he he, he just set, the setup for Ab- Tammy Abraham's second goal. Was he brilliant. did, but he, he should have scored at least two. Like yeah. I normally would have scored at least two, but they still won very comfortably, which I think is a good sign for Chelsea. And they're through to the next round of the Champions League and. Zuma apparently is a good player for them. Like I never thought Zuma was very good, and he's been brilliant for them. Um, they play Spurs next week, which is a bloody huge game. Very good. That will be very good. I'm looking forward to that a lot. Um, Chelsea beat Newcastle. Do yes. Newcastle fans need to worry? Yes. I think like Newcastle had a bit of a burst at the start, and we all went, "Oh, they've got Callum Wilson up front," and. St. Maximum's good and they bought Ryan Fraser in who just crosses it to Callum Wilson and that's going to work. But they are, I don't think they've won for a little while now. I couldn't tell you how long. And they just look a bit meek. The problem is this year, John, I say no one's going to win the league. There are three teams who are going to get relegated and they are already there. <laughs> <laughs> like, there, is, well, there is already a gap between Fulham, Rest Brom and Sheffield. Well, I'm not going to say Sheffield United. Sorry, I, I, I say that flippantly. There is a massive gap at the bottom appearing already and it's very early for that to happen. Uh, someone already, someone always gets sucked in though. I, I've read this week basically saying that from 14th it's safe, which I still don't necessarily agree That's with. That's madness. I, yeah, yeah. I, I always think that Crystal Palace can get sucked in because they're yeah. like they're crap yeah. they've just got quite a good coach and they're playing above themselves but they are and Zaha they are really yeah. quite crap who's from the other and, and they, and they yeah. never they, they never win without Zaha so yeah. again if Zaha gets injured they're, they're screwed but I, I just I do think Newcastle have to worry because I still I know we gave him a bit of credit last year but I still don't think Steve Bruce is very good so no no I, I tend to agree I just think it feel like there was this kind of the Saudi takeover and there's a bit of enthusiasm and yeah it's all happening and then it kind of has just petered out and now we're just watching a Steve Bruce team be a bit crap I told you the worst thing I said it a few weeks ago the worst thing to happen is St. Maximan on a six year deal Oh yeah, and he, he does look he doesn't look quite the same player I told you yeah. and the Newcastle do that to players all the time yeah. here's millions of dollars Jake Diote got a seven year deal or whatever yeah. remember that suddenly yeah. disappeared off the face of the earth yeah like um he, he God, God rest his That was a wonderful <laughs> Jeff moment to just to go, well, yeah, he did actually die. Did he disappear on the face of yeah, yes. sorry. He, sorry, he, Jake. <laughs> Not whilst he was at Newcastle, though. He went on to play for other teams first. Thanks, John. Um, so <laughs> let's move on. Quickly. to uh, I wanted to talk about Brighton, the, the Brighton Villa game, partly because it was possibly the best game of the weekend and was really entertaining and a lot of fun. And I was watching the Optus highlights. They need to do the weekend highlights um, 
where they put like the big games at the start and then and then at the end they do the games where they just talk over and they just go oh yeah Danny Welbeck turned up and scored a goal yeah, yeah, and they yeah, did yeah. the talk over of the Brighton Villa game and I was like you guys have got this all wrong yeah like this is the game that everyone should be watching and they should be talking about and there should be highlights about and they just went oh yeah Danny Welbeck scored that's quite interesting and that really annoyed me but um, the thing that stuck me for this game is the second Solly March his goal yeah, at the end yeah, right yeah. brilliant the setup for that goal, like the the side pass to give it to give it to Mark across the box, was the slowest pass in an opponent's <laughs> box I've ever seen in a game of football. It basically just it could it stopped at its feet, yeah. like it was. I'm like, how is that allowed to happen? Like, it is insane, absolutely insane. But uh, Barkley's injured, so that's a bad thing for Villa. Um, and Danny Welbeck scored again. Like, maybe Brighton are going to be all right. Is Barkley out for a while? Do I we think know? so. Yeah. I just um, looked like a hammy. Do you know? I, I just this always seems to happen to Ross Barkley. I think he's destined to always be like a nearly player, just yeah. like Danny Welbeck. Just like yes. Danny Welbeck. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Although game. he's played for England, which I just so is Ross Barkley. Yeah, yeah. But I just just uh, like Danny Welbeck. D- d- uh, no, I think Ross Barkley's got a lot more ability than Danny Welbeck, in my opinion. Yeah, but, I think Danny Welbeck has. He's got everything. Good finish, he's got everything. It's just everything twenty five percent of the time. Do you know in this game? Uh, I know we don't want to talk about VAR, but I think that the referee saw a foul after going to watch it on the side of the pitch, but decided not to give it as a foul because of the reaction of the Villa player, and it made me really happy. What? What? Like he so, explain the scenario. So the, the Villa had didn't... Villa had. I think it was given as a penalty. Yeah, and, and he reversed it. Was, it yeah. He reversed, oh, yeah. He right went in the watched, last minute. Yeah, when it, was, it could when, have been and, an equaliser. Um, yeah. Now, the reason that's been given is that there was a and it was um, sorry, she, much, she in contact. Yeah. Uh, the reason that the, the, the they overturned the penalty was because apparently there was a touch on the ball first. first now, yes. if there was a touch on the ball, it was like minuscule, the barest brush of a stud. Yeah. However, and. The two he kicks the guy's leg. Yeah. I can't remember the guy's name for Villa. Trezeguet. Apologise, Trezeguet. Yeah. Um, but to me, the classic reaction: Solly March immediately puts both hands up. Now, yeah. whenever a player does that, it's a penalty. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he knows he's yeah. done an error. It's a. It's a. It's um, in, you know, subconscious reaction. It's a penalty. Wasn't me. However, Wasn't me. when you watch it and you watch Trezeguet's reaction. Yes, someone's kicked his shin, but it really wasn't very hard. No. And he does, he throws himself up into the air and does the, the belly flop, f- isn't it? Does the flick yeah. the legs back. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my God, please, we cannot give this as a penalty because it just looks so bad. And I think the referee's gone to, yeah. gone to the side and he's watched that and he's gone, I can't give this. Like, I just, it's probably a foul, but I just can't give it. And I love it that he didn't give it as a penalty. You know, pen. one day someone's going to land on their own cock when they do that and they're just gonna, they're just gonna, they're just gonna roll around on the floor in agony and he'll be like and it'll be real it, yeah and he'll be yeah. like get up he didn't touch you it's a dime I'm like oh, I'm in pain, I'm in pain. but I, I, yeah I just saw it and I was like it probably was a foul but it's one of those but instances what, I'm glad it wasn't given. I was gonna say he kind of hurt himself by diving so extravagantly yes. that he was just like oh I've got, I've gone down, and I think if you watch that on a replay, it just looks worse for the person who's dived rather than the foul. Yeah, so. yeah. But I, I mean, I really hope we talk. We've talked a bit about Brighton, and we've been quite positive about them. I really like Graham Potter. I like the way that Brighton play. I want them to succeed in the Premier League. And again, you just worry about that little bit of quality that means they're probably going to be down. In, yeah. in the fight mm. but whenever they get a result like this it's important it kind of makes me feel happy because I, I want them to stay up but I just similar to Leeds I, I think they're going to be down there just because the the average quality of their player isn't as good as a lot of the other teams in the league um, I have a question for you both mm-hmm. and this is in relation so Man United beat West Brom 1-0 and as a Man United fan, fan we stole that win and it was never penalties were all wrong and it, don't, I don't care about all yeah. that we shouldn't have got three points um, Another one, John, this year. <laughs> <laughs> um, Everton beat uh, Fulham 3-1 in the end? 3-2. 3-2 three 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 two two. in the end. Um, and change formation, play 3-4-3. Three, three. But I want to talk about the two teams, West Brom and Fulham, who came up from the Championship. And they've come up to the Premier League, and they've come up because they're the best teams in the Championship, which is generally known as the hardest league in the world. You play 46 games, you play mm. every two days, it's carnage. You come up, and then you play 5-4-1, one, 
and you go, I've forgotten what football is, no, okay. and I'm just going to play awful defensive football. That's just not true for Fulham. Fulham were the better side in this. Okay, okay right. So I watched this game. First half, Everton were excellent. Yep. Excellent. Second half... Can we mention DCL's finish? DCL's please? classic Calvert Lewin goal. <laughs> classic. Uh, interesting. So Ancelotti set up his team a bit different. Three at the back and played a Wobie as a right wing back. Are we talking about really still? Anyway, um, <laughs> Fulham in the second half of this game were excellent. They were the better side. And for about 25 minutes, half an hour, Everton could have conceded three or four goals. I'm not kidding you. Everton yeah. stopped playing football and Fulham were brilliant. And what they'd done... And I, and, I, and I credit Scott Parker for this completely, is they stopped playing passes between the two centre midfielders. So the left centre midfielder played to the right winger, mm. went back to the midfielder to, to, the, to the right centre midfielder, played bypassed the other midfielder next to him, went to the left winger. So they never played through the mi- middle of the park. So because yeah. Everton were three at the back, they never played through the middle of the park. They always bypassed their own second centre mid and went from left centre mid to right wing or right centre mid to left wing. By doing that against three at the back, they were stretching. They, they were making Everton's three walk left yeah. and right on the pitch. And by doing that, they always found themselves in space without Everton having time to react. So there was like a, a tactical switch. So so much so that I think it's 65 or 70 minutes, Ancelotti went back to four at the back because yeah. he was watching his team get ripped apart by a tactical masterclass. And, and obviously they missed a horrendous penalty. That should, that should have been a goal. You know, Fulham can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fulham were we, and we also watched Fulham at the first game of the season, didn't we? Against we Arsenal. Arsenal. And they were excellent. Okay, but so we, we've seen this a bit. Now, this is my concern about Fulham. I think West Brom are down. I think West Brom are the worst team in the league. Yeah. I'll say that. I think West Brom will get relegated. Yeah. I also don't think Bilic is that great. He's, Although, he's, I could listen to him talk all the time. Oh, I, like, I love him as a person. He's, he's so a great cool. human. He's like and he's, Richards. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm slaving yeah. Bilic. Yeah, he's a good <laughs> cheerleader, but I don't... We've talked about this before. He's, he's a tactical moron. Remember yeah. when he was at West Ham? Yeah. yeah. The guy's an idiot. Yeah. So I... And they don't have a very good team so they're down (laughs) I think Fulham have a bit more of a chance yeah but they, they've missed three penalties already this year. You can't do that. You but cannot do... You can't miss three penalties. You can't play well in games and lose consistently and hope to stay up. And that's, that's what they're doing. That's my question to you both, though. So Fulham last year would have got three penalties and scored them all. Not that much has changed. No. You're the same team, same players, slightly different... They spend so, a lot less money. Yeah, and you're in the Premier League. Why are they missing those three penalties? And Jeff, you're right. They play tactically well for 15 minutes here, 20 minutes there. And is it because Premier League managers adjust in a game, so they're just that much harder to play against when they adjust? Or, but I don't think their players no, I, are as good. I, I, just, I, just, I just don't think their players are. I think the Premier League now, the, the gap... We talk about Championship being very yeah. competitive. It is. But the gap between the Premier League and the Championship is a lot. It is hard. We've seen some very... We've seen things that are a bit anomalous, like with the teams like Wolves that have come up and yeah. done, done well. Like, system. Yeah, they Wolves, had a different Wolves system. Wolves are yeah. not, not normal. normal. No, like not normal. normally, generally, two promoted teams go down every year. And there's a reason for that because they're not as good. And I think Fulham are a classic example. They, I think they hedged their bets this year because it really hurt them when they spent 100 million and went mm. down. And this year they're like, well, they did annoy Yeah, we yeah. might go yeah. down, but we'll go down in a more secure position. But I genuinely think they will survive. Because what, what I've seen of them is so impressive. Don't, don't get me wrong, they have the same problem as Leeds when they get to a point where they need. In, individual quality um, just consistency yeah. like someone on the end of something to be consistent with the one chance they get instead of the three chances they get they're, they're, they're lacking that all over the park however I think they're going to beat sides they, they are good and they were 3-1 down but against Norwich Everton beat and sides they, yeah right. but Norwich went got worse and worse and worse Norwich started the year pretty well last year and they got worse and worse and I think Fulham were 3-1 down and got better and better so I, I, I just think that um I, you know, I've, I've ripped Frank Lampard for the last year and a half or whatever, but I think Scott Parker is actually very astute. Yeah. And we saw it in the in the playoff final, didn't we? That that um, the free kick, the free kick. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to coach a side. It, I, I just think they've got something about them which is different, and it has hope. I have hope for them. Um, do you know Norwich are top of the championship? Mm. It works, John. Yeah. Just get relegated. But it's also um, there's like four points between first and tenth. 
Don't worry about the details, Roger. Bristol City Roger. are also <laughs> third. <laughs> no one cares about Bristol City. But it's, like, it's cl- it is classic championship so far this season. It is very, very close. Um, does anyone have anything else on the Premier League before we go to side stories? Yeah, next week is West Brom versus Sheffield United. That's quite a big game for so, Sheffield United. need to win that. Massive game for Sheffield United. If you say West Brom are the worst team in the league, Sheffield United have one point. One point is horrendous. Mm. There is a feeling that they can get out of it. Like I don't know anyone who said that they're going to get relegated because of what they did last year. But I mean, and do you know what's game weird? after game, it's not going well, is it? Well, and it's but it's weird. I don't. Do you think that teams have figured them out? Because I watch Sheffield United. To me, they still play good football. But it's it's a similar what we we're saying about Leeds. Like they get they're getting their chances and they're not scoring. Like it's kind of it's individual error after individual error after individual error, rather than saying that. The way they're playing's been, and uh, well, I, but I think you're right. It's similar to Leeds in that, and like the Fulham West Brom we were just talking about, they're a Championship side who last year got it really right. Mm. Like it just worked. Yeah. No one knew how to play against it, and it just worked really well. And if you look at their stats, they don't have many shots, and they concede a lot of shots. But they had Dean Henderson in goal, and I've said this before that Aaron Ramsdale's overrated and a bit crap, and so they've lost the keeper. They've lost. Uh, O'Connell centre back um, and they're not scoring and so when you concede a lot of shots and you've lost your best defender and your keeper and you're not scoring at the other end when you don't have many shots you're going to be it's bottom of the kind of like mm. all the things we said about when Sheffield United came up why they were going to go down it's like, happening now like, like they've, just, <laughs> they've just broken their transfer record to sign a striker who's yeah. not very good and costs like 1.4 million yeah uh, you're going to be in trouble yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um but yeah, side stories. Does anyone have any... Uh... I do. Um, there's an important... Well, potentially an important event tonight which may not be given the current government in charge of our country in the UK. But uh, there was, there's been a petition running recently um, for to, and to get this into Parliament, which happened. So I think you need over 10,000 signatures yep. um, for an issue to be debated in Parliament. Which VAR, is, is it VAR? No, it is the future governance of football. So Ooh. this has come about from all the things that have been happening in the in the championship and the shady owners and the fit and proper test that isn't fit that to wipe your ass with. Yeah, um, it is happening overnight. So it it, it has actually gone to Parliament. Parliament. So I mean it it could be. I, I don't hold out much hope, but it could say, be the start just... of change. Well, it it just means it's actually got to there. There needs to be recognition of either something's wrong or it's not. Yeah, Which is the yeah. starting point, you yeah. know, if it's actually getting debated in Parliament. That is, there is no way the British government will make an improvement no. on what is going on Not in Not in the current chumocracy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, football brings money into the UK. What they'll do is they'll go, oh, we've got, you're asking us for our input. Great, well, let's just get rid of the fit and proper persons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like that's causing you some problems. My <laughs> mate in Saudi Arabia got knocked back. I mean, what a joke. If if that's the place that this conversation ends, then we're all fucked. Yeah, Yeah, it's true. But it's um, it's good that it's it's, made it there. It's it's really good. It's 2 a.m. tonight, if anyone's keen to live stream. Watch live, question time. (laughs) Um, Jeff, you got anything? No, nothing for me this week. Um, I just wanted to bring up a couple of things. Pay-per-view's gone. We kind of, oh yeah, yes. good on you, yeah. good on you, yeah. good like on everyone. Your power of the people. Fourteen pounds ninety five. But I kind of hate it as well because it's gone without there ever really being that clarity about what was actually happening. Yeah, with the and money. who made the money? How yeah. much was spent? Which and just makes. Me and a bit so sick. many fans gave to um, food banks and stuff and put money. To so it was a good thing in the so end, wasn't it? <laughs> in a ra- well, it wasn't a good thing, but a good thing came out of it, um, which is great. A good thing because food banks are great. Um, um, I've got isn't, two... isn't the governance of the UK great that food banks are a positive story? <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> uh, oh, two very quick ones. Yeah, go on. Um, going to uh, women's football. Mm. Did you saw? Did you saw? Did you see that Leon lost? Oh, oh wow! No, to they... I think PSG. Yeah. Um, which which is the first defeat in the French league for eighty games four years. Jesus, like, they're that really is good. a little bit ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah. Like, um, I, I mean, I knew left, they were good, but and they left backs English, Lucy um, Bronze. Yeah, and they've won 
eight in a row, I think. Eight yeah. titles in a row. But um, and the other one, I don't know if you saw this. The big news from the week: the touch of Pardew is back. Oh no! Oh, director of football at CSK Sofia. Oh, oh God! Oh no! That is grubby. There, like it's, just, it's a bit bizarre, but um, yeah, I'll watch with interest how that, that how director, really of football. director of football. Yeah. Whilst oh. we're on women's football, Reese James' sister has been called up to the England squad, and it'll be the first time ever that brother and sister play for the men's oh, and that's women's cool. England team. That is super cool. She plays for Man United. She's also a right back. Plays so. Man United. Is like the well. I didn't think Man United had a women's team. We started a women's team three years ago. And they're now promoted. very good. And now we're... Now you're taking it seriously. Yeah, now, <laughs> now, now we're second it's in the league. gross. Okay, but, yeah, that's, yeah, that's Typical man, you know. That's grubby too. Yeah, um, yeah we're gross. Sorry, everyone. Um, I just wanted to bring up one last thing. If anyone hasn't listened to the ref special last week um, with Ali and Jack from the My Life on the Line podcast and Ref Coach, their organisation that they've set up, go and check it out. Um, Newell has emailed us about it. And said, love the ref podcast. Thought it was going to be boring, but it was really interesting. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Neil. <laughs> That's what people usually think about. <laughs> the perspective on offsides was brilliant. I was starting to agree with Rog, but those umpires blew his argument out of the water. Oh, Roger. Now, I, we, we, we talked about this in the... I, I wait a minute, wait a minute. Is that the end no, of the email? No, 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 That's no, the end no. of the email. The last bit of the email. Keep up the good work, guys. Oh, there right. we go. But okay. All I would say thanks, is, Neil. for me, I thought it was great insight listening to that and hearing two referees which you don't hear very often no. like and and I thought like um you know good on them for for jumping on and credit to them for being that candid as well and and discussing some of those issues with us which uh, and I think that stuff is really important cuz we need more referees and I think human yes. you know hum, recognizing that the referees are an essential part of the game and humanizing it players make mistakes referees make mistakes is great but i just found it really insightful and also i mean i i unfortunately listeners you missed it but there was a 25 minute um <laughs> diatribe from me when i arrived because i was so engaged having listened to the um the the pod so yeah give, give it a listen and give their their podcast a listen yeah excellent right so are we ready for end game end game ready so rog your games master because you won last week what, what the scores john well, I'm just looking at my point, and it just says my uh, running order, and it says John three, and then I don't know where everyone else's I'm scores. On five. So I think it's I've got it written down somewhere. No, I think Jeff's. I think it's like four three three. Or no, something no, five. Like. I, I'm on five. It's written down on anyway, the bureau. Five. We'll, Jeff's winning. Okay. Hashtag. Victorious. We'll see. But Rog, your games master. So, uh, what game are we on? And do you know what I've I've realised as well? I, I I mean I won last time we. <laughs> had the shed in person yes whereas i i just about held on last year but didn't do very well remotely oh uh, maybe you're about so in maybe i'm about s- doing it in person because i bore you into submission or something mm. I, I would like to say you took four hours last week yeah, I, did, I, keep- I must admit having listened back to it it was pretty painful so i do apologize <laughs> but the bold brothers helped me out yeah so you uh, should stick to being games master okay you? here we go well i better keep winning then um, so big game of the weekend Jeff brought it up uh, is Chelsea and Spurs I was so grateful you didn't Sheffield United for. <laughs> I was seriously considering it but and also interestingly we've gone back to Saturday the 8th of March 2014 when a certain gilet wearing non-book reader Mr Tim Sherwood was in charge of Spurs and uh, Jose was um, at Chelsea, obviously. Uh, Chelsea won this game 4 0. Sorry, Jose at Chelsea. Yeah. 4 0. 4 0. March 2014. Moved Chelsea seven points clear at the top. Sherwood, he was a crap manager. He? he was a really crap manager. It's always telling when they have one job. or Oh, no, you got two, I suppose. Villa as well. He we went to Villa. But, but both went, very quick appointments. Yeah, and then they went... Ooh. And, and then, then no one else. Well, no, he went to Swindon in League One um, as a like director of football. And then they quickly went, um, so maybe you, you should uh, go somewhere else. <laughs> um, uh, who goes first? All right. Um, Jeff, you can go first. Um... Emmanuel Adebayor. Emmanuel Adebayor. Correct. Started. Oh, John. 
I've got him. He's top of my Spurs list. <laughs> he was top of my Spurs list too. Uh, Frank Lampard. Frank Lampard, correct. Started, got subbed off. Uh, John Terry. John Terry, correct. Um, Hazard. Hazard, correct. Scored. Uh, Pedacek. Correct. Pedacek played. Um, Diego Costa. No, I think you might have gone a bit early here, John. No, Diego Costa did not play in this game. Ivanovic. Ivanovic, correct. Oh, fuck you, man. You're taking my Chelsea list. (laughs) Cesc Fabregas. It's too early for that, too, I think, John. Cesc Fabregas did not play in this game. John, yeah, you've gone... Gone a bit early. Well, no, because he wins the league with Cesc Fabregas and Diego Costa, and they just pass it to each other. That's yeah, how that's, Jose that, wins the league. Just, just different, 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 different Jose team. <laughs> but 2014, when did they win the league? 2015. Because uh, then Leicester win it. And who then... else did you have on your on your Spurs list? Oh wait, Kane. hold on. You got to get one right first. Oh, oh yeah, good yeah, point. Shit. Um, oh yeah. Uh, Raphael van der Vaart. Oh, yeah. Raphael van der Vaart did not yes, play in this game. I think you're too late for Van der Vaart. Yeah, oh no, wait. I went first. No. You went second. You got two wrong. I went first. I got Adebayor first. Oh, did you go first? Yeah, so you, you, I win anyway. Oh, bollocks. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, it does. You're making me go again. Oh, all right. Fuck you. Aaron Lennon. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Lennon. <please. laughs> I had Harry Kane and Ledley King. Uh, Kane, no. King, no. Oh, God. Uh, so, Chelsea, um, check. In goal, as you said, Ivanovic right back. That's a book of letter. Oh, yeah. Uh, Cahill and Terry. Um, Matic played. Uh, Santos do Nascimento, which is Ramirez, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> uh, Lampard, uh, Oscar came off the bench for Lampard. Oh, I forgot about Samuel Oscar. Samuel Eto'o played. I thought oh, he would have got oh, it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Denver Barr came off the bench for him. Oof. Eden Hazard. Sure. sure and Villian so what happened that year the Denver Bar playing for Chelsea that's the year that he scored the winner against Liverpool correct yeah, and, yeah. Slips. and then the next season Jose buys Fabregas and Costa yeah and says Fabregas pass it to Costa you yeah. score and they go okay and then they win the league did, was, did, was Lorik Remy on the bench that year uh, no I think that was oh, that year been, after that would have been on my list John. Um, Tottenham Lloris and goal Carl Norton Larice has been there forever. The Tongan, Bentaleb. Oh yeah, um, he was really good at the World Cup for Algeria. Yeah. What happened to him? Um, Dawson, uh, Kabul, Walker, Gimires, uh, Cordero. Now that's this is one I can't remember. Oh, no, Sandro? That, Sandro, 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 yes, yeah. Fat Sandro, um, Adebayor. <laughs> there isn't a skinny uh, Sandro. <laughs> Lennon, Sigurdsson. And wow. Paulinho that came was the off the six bench. months that Sigurdsson played for Kane Sir. was on the bench, John. Ah, oh, so well, uh, Jeff wins. Oh, that's rubbish. Boo! Yes, if he wasn't winning before, he lied at the start. He's definitely winning now. Yes. So that's yes. rubbish. Um, has anyone got anything before we go? No, no, no. This is a DM podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. This is a DM podcast called the Football Shed. Um, don't forget, if you want to get in contact, ask us questions, or tell us wrong or something, just find us on Facebook or shoot us an email at footballsheadpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye.